This is Pastor Aaron at Oasis Baptist Church, and thank you for checking us out online. I pray that this message is an encouragement to you. Amen. You may be seated again. Thank you for being here. I am looking forward to this morning to dive into the Word, but also just to share uh, a little bit of my heart with where I, I feel that God is leading Oasis, not only just this year, but also uh, in the years to come with what, um, what is happening. And so I, I pray that you will uh, be able to be here. Obviously, you're here today, but you'll be able to continue to make it for the next couple weeks as I will un- unpack different things on different weeks. So this morning I'm going to share. Next week I'll share a little bit different thought. And then the last week, um, but each of those will kind of come together as we go through the next few weeks. Before we get started, I failed to mention this during our time of prayer, but I want to uh, recognize that Pam Moore is with us. If you don't know, Pam has went through heart procedure and several things that way, and uh, she was back with us this morning, and uh, she still has some battles and still going through things with doctors, and so continue to pray for her, um, but one step at a time, and uh, we will praise the Lord for that, but it's good to see you, Pam. Oasis's mission is to lead others to be passionate followers of Christ. We exist, again, we want to we see people come to know Christ and to become passionate followers. We exist to impact our community with the gospel as we live our lives as passionate followers. It is as we know Him, walk with Him, share Him, and are a united family that we can impact our community, both individually as well as corporately or collectively. This is the focal point of Oasis Baptist Church and what we do. We cannot be a passionate follower of Christ if we first do not know Him as Savior. Our goal is to lead folks to know Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, first and foremost. And then at that place and moving forward, that we would do our part to help and and build them along, to, to, to build them in their walk with God, that they would know Him more intently and more intimately As an individual, that would be discipleship, mentorship type of a thing, that somebody would know the Lord in a more intimate manner, be able to walk with the Lord personally. Our focus of 2019 was just that, to know Him. And we did that in many different ways. We focused our Sunday morning sermons on that. Our Oasis classes, we we incorporated some new things with our Oasis classes We changed our curriculum for our children as as well as a Sunday night curriculum that we teach with the adults to have a greater impact of knowing Him in a more intimate manner. Our children's ministry is is such that we want our children to have a lot of fun. Uh, You will sit here at some point today, you'll probably hear some kind of yelling or some kind of a fun activity going on with our children, and that is our goal But my ultimate goal as the pastor of Oasis Baptist Church is not that our children would have fun, but that they would leave and know something of the Word of God. And so we changed up our curriculum a little bit to to have a greater emphasis on knowing and understanding the Word of God. We expanded our Awana program a little bit with more outreach, our life groups uh, with more outreach and more intention of knowing Him and evangelizing that others may know him. I believe with everything in me, we had an incredible year in 2019, especially being specific to that thought of that we as a body, that you as an individual would know Christ in a more intimate manner. This year, our goal and our focus is 
that we would walk in him. This is the action step of knowing him. As we develop a, a daily knowledge of him, as we seek him more intimately in prayer and Bible reading and the natural action of that, the natural next step is that we would then walk in him. And that is, that is in every area of our life. To walk in him is one's pattern of daily conduct. Paul writes something very similar several times throughout many of his uh, epistles that he has written. In Philippians 1, let your conduct be worthy of the gospel. Philipp, or 1 Thessalonians 2, to walk worthy of God. 1 Thessalonians 4, walk to please the Lord and abound more and more. A mind controlled by knowledge and wisdom and understanding produces a walk or that pattern of daily conduct worthy of the Lord. One of the things that I love is how God just kind of moves uh, in, in, in the ways in which we put these sermons together. This wasn't the initial plan, but it has worked out absolutely perfect. I've, been, I've known that the walk aspect of this was going to be our focal point for months and months and months. And we've obviously been going through the book of Galatians, and towards the end of the year, what does it hit? We've been in chapter 5, walk in the Spirit. And it's just kind of flown straight through all of Christmas as we focused on that being the gift that that the fruit of the Spirit and walking through all of those things and how it's placing right here with the beginning of this year. The definition of walk is this, and you're like, really? Like, we don't know what that definition is. Moving at a regular pace by lifting and setting down each foot in turn and never having both feet off the ground at once. To guide or accompany or escort somebody on foot. Again, we know exactly what that is, but in life, it's the same thing, right? We have to walk through life. We have to continue to press on in life, but sometimes life doesn't give us the things that we want. It doesn't go as easy as we want. The ebb and the flow, the up and the down, the question of do I continue in this direction or do I, do I go in that direction? And life sometimes throws us that little curveball where we're just kind of in a place going, ah, where do I go? If you watch the video that we put out on Facebook, we kind of asked that question. Have you ever been a place of being lost, of having a little bit of hopelessness, and you're just unsure of things? We all have been there. If you've walked in our building at any point in time, probably even this morning, if you're a first-time guest, one of the things that you have probably seen is a lot of little, like, one-year-olds up to like that one and a half year old that are just kind of waddling and trying to figure out the life thing. That Like how do I walk? Right? It's the cutest thing. They try to get up. They're, built, they're building the strength. They're getting that balance. They're trying to, to figure all of this thing out. Right? They stand there and then they just kind of plop right back on their backside. Or they take that first step and they're just kind of like, okay. We have a lot of that in our church right now. Like, a lot. I don't know what happened about a year and a half, like two years ago, but we did well in one area, and that was producing babies. So in about an 18-month period, we had, what was it, like 12 babies, I believe it was. So we did good. If we did nothing else, we encouraged a healthy family. So we have a lot of that. But you know, it's awesome to watch that, but it's also part of life. 
They begin to stumble around. They begin to, to run and then they fall and the bumps and the bruises and the things that take place at that stage of life. And people are like, what do you do? You just beat your kids? Right? Spiritually and every other aspect of life, we can look at the same thing. Because so many times we, we as Christians, or maybe you don't know Christ is saving, you're just kind of searching something out this morning. We are running, we are going, and, and life throws the curveball. We stumble, we fall, we get the ebbs and the flows, we get the ups and the downs, and we get this uncertainty of life. See, if our parents, if as parents, we, every time the kid falls, we just look, you're a horrible child, how can you fall? We don't do that. We laugh. Some of you freak out, ah, they're going to, you know. No, you pick them back up and you tell them to go do it again. A lot of times we get really excited. Do you remember the first time your oldest child walked? Man, you got excited. It was such a cool, oh, wow. But what did they do? They usually took like one step, maybe, you know, mom on one side, dad on the other side, and it was like they took the one step and then it was and they were actually just falling the entire time. But we're like, oh, they walked. But we picked them back up. We said, hey, let's do it again. And as a parent, we, we guided them. We worked on those, the, the strength. You kind of hold them up. And you, you walk behind them. And then you go to the store and they want to walk. They don't want to sit in the stroller. And you're like, oh, my word. Now you're ready. to. You're like, I just want to go to the store and get my stuff done. But when we look at all of these things... It's why Oasis exists. It's why the church exists. One, to present the gospel message of Jesus Christ, but then it's to, to help and to guide and to hold a hand, to, to pick somebody up when they fall down, to love on them through the journey of life. And at Oasis, our focus this year in 2020 is just simply this, to walk in Him, to focus on that and focus on the things that we can help you as a as a as an individual but you as a as a body as a church that we could walk and have that healthy walk i genuinely believe that this will be a year that will be one of the greatest and most pivotal years at our church for not only just today and but for the future and for the, the community that's around us. Because I believe that as we take, if we take this serious, the reality that, that we don't just have to come to church to, well, I can give you the story. I don't want my children to come home and just say, Dad, these are all the stories that we learned about Scripture. But I want my children to begin to learn how they can take it inside and allow God to use them to then play that out. I don't want to just come before you and share with you a cute story of what God's Word tells you. I want God's Word to permeate my heart so that my life changes, that my walk is different, and every area of my life is impacted because of the Word of God. It's not just a cool story that I can say out of my head. If I were to be honest, I would say it this way. I lived that life for many, many years where I could tell you the story. I knew the right thing to say, the right way to act. I did all of those things. But there's been nothing better in my life than when I got really, really serious and said, God, I believe all of those stories are true, but I want to experience it in my life every single day. I don't want to just have the right thing to say. I don't want to just put on for Sunday morning or for whatever it is that we're doing. I want to I live this thing out. 
It changed everything about me. And it's changing everything about me. See, the word that is often used, and we'll talk about that this morning, is this. It's the word sacrifice. Romans 12 and verse number 1 says this, and many of you would know this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. This has been a passage that I have read many, 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 many times. When I first moved to Vegas 15 years ago, I was a youth pastor and this was kind of the theme verse, verses 1 and 2 of Romans chapter 1. I entitled our youth group R12 based on this passage. I love this passage of scripture, but even more as I was studying it this week, it's the, it's the reality of this. The baseline Christianity that Paul says here is that we would live, be a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. The baseline. Today I simply want to share my heart with how Oasis can impact our community as we are passionate followers of Christ. How your walk in Him will impact your life personally, which impacts your home and your neighborhood and your community, your place of employment, etc. It starts with each of us, you and I, individually expecting and experiencing this one simple thing, a reasonable service. This is our reasonable sacrifice. This question made me stop and think a whole lot this week. And it's this. The question is not, would I be willing to lay my life down in death? I, pro- I believe with everything in me, if somebody walked through those doors today, put a gun to my head and say, Pastor, do you love Jesus Christ? And if I said yes, they would take my life. If I said no, they would let me walk. I believe with everything in me, I would say yes without a shadow of a doubt. I love Jesus Christ. He is my Lord and He is my Savior. I believe most in this room would probably say the exact same thing. But here's the question. The question is not... Would you be willing to lay your life down in death, but rather, am I willing to lay my life down in life? See, that's a lot more difficult. Because laying my life down in life, as what it says in this passage, as my reasonable service, as reasonable sacrifice, that means, that means when I go to work tomorrow, the coworker might make fun of me. That means my neighbor might not think that I'm as cool as I really am. That might think this, or that might be this, or that might be whatever it is where I'm getting ridiculed because of my faith. That means I have to live a life and say, you know what, kids, we're not going to do this because of this. That might mean I Don't get to watch the things that I think are funny and that I want to watch. It might not mean that I get to read what I want to read. It might not mean that I get to post what I want to post. Why? Because I'm going to lay my life down as a living sacrifice. See, those are two completely different things. I think most would say, yes, God, I would give my life for you in death. But most do not give their life in life. Because it's a lot more difficult. 
And as I looked at this, as I studied this, as I was reading this, that just, it captivated me. Will I identify in his death that I may sacrifice my life to God? Oswald Chambers, in my utmost for his highest, if you don't read, if you don't have a devotional book, I, I would encourage you, go on Amazon right now. I don't care if you do it while I'm speaking. It's probably three to five bucks. My utmost for his highest will be one of the most encouraging things you can read every day. It is of no value to God to give him your life for death. He wants you to be a living sacrifice to let him have all of your powers that have been saved and sanctified through Jesus. This is the thing that is acceptable to God. It's a lie that God wants you to give up things for the sake of giving them up. He desires we give them up for the sake of the only thing worth having, and that is a life with him. As we kick off this year, as we kick off this, this, this year of walk in him, I want to challenge you this morning as an individual. Yes, I will reference the, the collective, but I want to challenge you as an individual that you would do what we just talked about. Lay your life down in life. Walk in Him. And that you would kind of take that challenge, I guess you would, throughout this year. That we would walk in Him. That we would, as it says in Colossians chapter 1, walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. To walk worthy is to have this understanding that our purpose is not to live a life pleasing to ourselves, rather to please the Lord. And in 2020, our focus here at Oasis Baptist Church, with you as an individual and our church family, our community, is that we want to help guide. We want to walk beside and encourage you to walk worthy of the Lord. And we kick this off today with walk in Him, your sacrifice. And I want to challenge you to ask the Lord to open your eyes and your ears to hear where it is that you may need to sacrifice in your walk. And we're going to spend this morning in first or in first in Colossians chapter 1. I believe your notes say 10 and 11. We're going to go a little bit further than that. But 10 through 14. And I've got two different kind of thoughts and I'm going to break them down. I'm going to give one thought, I'm going to break down what the Word of God says, and then I'm going to share a little bit of how we at Oasis are going to try and do our best to focus on a few things, and then I'm going to finish out the, the pastor's scripture, and then we're going to conclude with a few things more that we are going to do at Oasis to, to help you, but also to focus at Oasis on specific things to walk in Him, in, in you as individuals, also within the community that God has placed us in. And I'm going to do my best. Um, I'm really not worried on the preaching part to go too long. Um, but I've never had two thoughts like that. So I'm kind of, I'm, I'm just being transparent. I'm a little nervous as how to, the application of that through Oasis is going to come out. Because I know where the second point is going and it's, it can be fiery. But uh, so I'm hoping that I can break that down in a, in a manner and get back into where my thoughts are. But Colossians chapter 1, 
Starting in verse number 10, it says that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Father, I give you this morning, and I ask, Lord, that you would use your word to tug upon our hearts. God, there's things that we want to focus on this year, but I'm praying, my prayer is not that we would do enough things, that we would make it exciting enough, but God, that the word of God would pierce our hearts, that the natural outcome is that we would walk in you. Not because we have made it cute, not because we have made it more fun, but God, your word transforming our lives, that we would act in a manner that would be worthy of you. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. The very first thought is this, and inside of each one of these thoughts is a lot of points, so bear with me. If you're used to like a three-point outline, this is kind of like eight or nine, so uh, bear with me. As you walk in Him, your sacrifice will lead to a fruitful life. As you walk in in him, your sacrifice will lead to a fruitful life. When we give Christ our Lord, or when we give Christ our lives, and we look at this passage of scripture, as we walk worthy of the Lord, as we do these things and say, God, this is me. All that I have, here we go. There's some action steps, there's some things that will naturally take place for you in your life. We follow? They're right here in this passage of scripture. You could probably have preached this sermon if you were to just. Ask a couple questions looking at this passage. The very first thought is this, what? A fruitful life. I'm not going to spend a ton of time here because we have just spent two weeks looking at the fruit of the Spirit. But as we walk in Him, fruit is the byproduct of righteousness. It is the mark of every redeemed individual. Jesus said it in John 15, 8, Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit so shall ye be my disciples there will be uh, there will be fruit there will be something left of my walking with God there will be a byproduct of that the byproduct of placing an apple seed in the ground and cultivating it is what an apple tree and there's more fruit that comes from that and if it's done well there will be more fruit and more fruit and much fruit we follow the byproduct of that Jesus said in 15:8 is my Father glorified that you would bear fruit? Romans 7, 4. Wherefore, I apologize, these aren't up here. I failed on that. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead. What does it say? That we should bring forth fruit unto God. We have talked a lot about that with the fruit of the Spirit. But what this life is about is you and I, as believers... Taking in the word of God, reading it, meditating on it, praying over it, living it, not just Sunday morning, not just once a month. No, it's that we would literally 
take it in moment by moment, day by day, the natural produce, the natural thing that comes out of that is that we would bear fruit, that we would give off the aura of who Jesus Christ is, that we would live in such a manner to bear fruit unto God. Our converts are fruit. Let me ask you this when it comes to fruit in your life. What is the representative of your life in fruit? What does that look like for you? If I were to say, show me your fruit, what would that look like in your life? Could you look to the person next to you and say, I remember in such and such a time when I led this person to the Lord. And then I remember for the next year and two years and three years, we studied the word of God together and I discipled this person. I was a mentor. I am a mentor to this person. But I am pouring my life into this person. And you can say, if I don't have any other fruit, this right here is my fruit. I'm not going to pat myself on the back. I'm not going to lift myself up. But part of my fruit is that man right there. I never point anybody out. I feel bad that I'm doing that. But every Thursday, this entire last year, me and Rich met at Schemo's Coffee Shop through study of the Bible. Outside of a couple, two or three, where we were out of town or whatever it would be. Man, honestly... The, one of the highlights of my week, every week, was knowing that Rich and I were going to sit down and talk about the Bible. And just study it. So I would ask this morning, what is, what are those things for you? Is it looking at our converts? Is it our praise? Listen, our praise is fruit. As we scream out and shout out to God, God, you are worthy. God, I love you. God, whatever, you, however you want to lay that out. As we worship God and praise, that is our fruit. Why? Because as we praise him, it ought to be a natural thing. It's a natural affection. I can stand here and I can talk for a long time about how I love my wife and how she's an amazing mother and how she's an amazing person to me and how she is a backbone of our home and how she encourages me and how she does these things. I could rattle off a lot of why I love her and I could praise my wife, but can I do that for my God? Is it natural for me to just say, God, you are worthy? my praise our fruit is our converts our fruit is our praise our fruit is our sacrifice our fruit is our heart's attitude fruitful life happens as we abide in him as you walk in your sacrifice as you walk in him your sacrifice will lead to a fruitful life as you walk in him your sacrifice will lead to a spiritual to spiritual growth as we look at this passage, strengthened uh, in verse 10, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of Him, a spiritual growth. Increasing in knowledge of God is growth. It is spiritual growth. All of this happens as we sacrifice that time to Him. It's me sacrificing. a. It's a living sacrifice. Listen. I don't want to burst your bubble, and I, I actually hate using the word sacrifice in some of these ways, but our sacrifice is not that you came and cleaned the, their building this week. That's, 
that's baseline. Working in the nursery is not sacrifice. Working with children is not sacrifice. Our baseline is us saying, God, here is everything, and I will do what you call me to do, and I will go where you lead me to go. It's not sacrifice to be here on a Sunday morning, to worship God with your church family. You ought not go, oh, that was such a sacrifice today. Giving of your tithes and your offerings. There's some that that's a great sacrifice, but that ought to become so natural to us in our walk with God as we know God that that becomes part of that reasonable sacrifice that this is what God, this is part of me knowing Him and walking with Him. For some, it's a great sacrifice to give 2% or 5%. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not degrading that. But the goal, what God has set out before us is that we would do these things because that's what we are called to do. But our spiritual growth, they got really quiet. I apologize. It's his 24 hours, not my own. God gave 24 hours in the garden, and God gave us 24 hours today. It's not mine. It's his 24 hours. So let me ask you, is it great sacrifice to give God five minutes to read his word? Maybe it is because you've never done it. But it's his anyways. It's his anyways. I should have just skipped these thoughts altogether. <laughs> First Peter 2 and verse 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Second Peter 3.18, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. It is, it is a daily walk. It is a daily, us daily. It's our reasonable service to wake up in the morning and say, God, I praise you. God, you are almighty. God, I love you. And God, I, I want to dive into this. Would you show me what you have for me today? I'm not one that loves to wake up really early myself, but I've attempted to do my best to just make it a discipline in my life that I do it. You may be awesome at going, before you go to bed, you can spend 30 minutes to an hour, whatever your time with the Lord is. I can't. If I don't spend time in the morning with God, I will almost guarantee that I don't do it throughout the day. Because I begin to push things off. Oh, I'll do it later. Oh, I'll do it later. Yes, as a pastor, I could say, well, I read the every day. That's part of my job. But that's not my daily devotion to him. That's a part of what I've been called to do as a profession. And yes, I'm fortunate to have that opportunity to worship him throughout that. But if I'm not being grown as an individual at home on my own time, we grow according to God's incredible Grace. Growth happens as we develop a deeper love of God's word. Psalm 119 says it this way, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Growth happens as our faith is enlarged, when, when, with, which happens with our love of God's word, which leads us to a greater love. Philippians 1.9, That your love may abound more and more in knowledge and discernment. 
Oh, I just don't read the Bible because it's too hard to understand. I don't read the Bible because it's not exciting. I don't read the Bible because we have all of these things. I'm too tired in the morning. I'm this, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. As you walk in Him, your sacrifice will lead to a fruitful life. Your sacrifice will lead to spiritual growth. Your sacrifice will lead to strength in Him. As we walk in Him, your sacrifice will lead to strength in Him. It is what's guiding you into that daily, continuous action. Strength in Him. God just doesn't give you the strength one time to do something or to stop something or to say something. God gives us an continual strength to continuously do what God has called us to do. God doesn't say, just say it one time. God says to walk in it. Walking in Him is a continual thing. Yes, it might be a one-time action and that, hey, I had this one shot to share the gospel with this person. But it's a continual thing that we do every day in our lives. And those one-time things happen. Do you know when they happen and why they happen? When I'm obedient because I'm in tune with him that I naturally saw it. When I'm not in tune with him, guess what? I don't even recognize the fact that the guy standing in front of me, he's begging me to share the gospel with him. Because I'm not in tune with what God is calling for me to do. I'm too busy in my world to even recognize that this guy is asking something. And I think all of us have been there. I've walked away from countless conversations where I've literally just, ah, I should have shared the love of Jesus with that man. But I wasn't in tune. I didn't do it. The power, the might is not according to you and I, but rather God's power, his strength. It's limitless power. We have a limitless power In us, in the Holy Spirit, in the helper, in the comforter that is in us, God's word tells us. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is upon you. What? To be my witnesses. I have been given power to be God's witness. Everywhere that I go, starting in my home, to my neighbors, to our community, to our church, to our church community, to your workplace, to wherever it is that you are. You have been given the power to be the witness to that place. Romans 15, 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace, believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Listen, if you know Christ is your Savior, there is no hopelessness in you. You have the power of God in you. And that passage right there says... That ye may abound in hope. Why? Through the power of the Holy Ghost. This strength is as we are filled with the knowledge of God. God's word by the Holy Spirit's indwelling. As you walk in him, your sacrifice will lead to strengthen him. Your sacrifice will lead to endurance. The last thought here. Patience, long-suffering, with joy it says. As we walk in Him, your sacrifice will lead to a joyful endurance. There is great joy in being steadfast, having patience with circumstances and situations, having patience with people. My prayer is that you and I would be filled with His knowledge of God's Word. And be led by His Spirit guiding us. In truth, guiding us to grow, guiding us in the strength, giving us the endurance that we need. 
Listen, there's times, some of you right now are sitting in a place in your life where you are just in a place of enduring. God, I don't know why this is where I'm at right now in this moment. But I know that I have to stand firm. I know that I have to just continue to stand here and do the little things that I know to do. There's some things that we just know to do as believers. I know that I've got to continue to do right. I know that I've got to read. I know that I've got to seek him in prayer. I know that I have to be in church and fellowship with my brothers and sisters. I know that I have to just serve as God provides and gives those places. Or maybe for you it's just sitting still and I can't serve today because my heart isn't there. My mind isn't there and I don't know what's going on. But I have to stand firm and I have to endure. Listen, God gives you that. I would say Oasis has been in a small season of endurance the last several years, in some ways. Seven years ago, seven years and two months ago, if you've been around for any length of time, and I'm not going to share much of this, but seven years and two months ago, when Pastor resigned, when we came on, and when the, the, the news to me, the encouragement to me by several other men on the outside said, Pastor, uh, I appreciate the strength and I appreciate what you're trying to do, but the best option for you is probably just to bankrupt it and call it a day and start over from scratch. I went home and I looked at my wife and I said, I just, I just don't think that I can do this. I can't just fold it. I can't just shut the doors. I don't know that it's in me to just say, no, we can't do this. Today, I believe that there's 150 whatever adults sitting in this room that would say, I hope you would say, I'm glad that we didn't just close the doors seven and a half years ago. And that's not a pat to anybody's back, it's just the reality. I didn't believe that God was saying, close it down and start over. But there was a time that we had the strength to move through it. There was a time that we had the strength to endure and just kind of stand there and do the things that we knew to do because I believe there's a time right now that we're going to be able to look back and we're going to go, because God gave us strength, because we endured, we were faithful, we're going to see an amazing fruit that's going to come. I believe that with everything in me, but it happens as you and I walk in him daily. A couple things. This is where I'm going to have a hard time stopping the sermon and not just keep going but i'm going to do it because there's a few things this year that we as a church as leadership we are going to try our best just like last year we focused on specific things to be better to encourage our people to know the lord better we're going to continue to do that listen we're not going to stop that aspect of it that never ends the word of god will always be taught it will always be the focal point at oasis baptist church but there's some things that we are going to really focus on this year. Because we believe that as we focus on some of these things to be better, that it's going to allow us to continue, continue, whatever that word is I just said, continue into the community that God has given us. The first of those is just our life groups. We've always had life groups, well, I shouldn't say always, we've had life groups for the last several years at Oasis. Our life groups are small groups. Uh, they happen throughout the week. Monday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, and Friday night, we have life groups here at Oasis. Why would you say that this would be a focal point for us just to walk in him? Because I believe that nobody in this room can do this by themselves. Nobody. 
You cannot have a strong walk with God outside of people coming alongside of you to encourage you and lift you up. Being here is a part of that. Coming on Sunday nights, if you're able to come on Sunday nights, is a part of that. But life groups are vital. I also believe that our life groups, which take place, have to continue to evolve, if you will. Some of that is some of you have been in the same life group for a really long time, and there's 30 of you in that life group. Listen to me. I love you to death. 30 people is not a small group. 30 people is a small church. And I I mean that. The average church in America is 75 and less, and some of our small groups are almost the same size as a life group or as a small church. (laughs) That means we need to break those off. You know, in order to break those off, some of you need to get outside of that comfort and say, you know what? I believe that I can step over here. And some of you need to say, I would be willing to lead a life group. Some of you might need to say, uh, I would be willing to open my home to have a life group in my home, though I don't have any desire to lead it, and that's okay too. So I ask you, one, are you attending? Do you go to one of our life groups? Please go. Please go. If you're a life group leader, would you stand up? This is just on the spot. I didn't do this. One, two, three. Ben and Andrew's not here. Ben, why don't you stand up? Whether you want to call yourself a life group leader or not, you are. Uh, Rich Frank is not here. And uh, who are we missing? Who are we missing? We have six of them. One, two, three, four. Oh, Dan is in the back. <laughs> I'm like, wait, I'm looking. I know they're all here except for Rich. So these are all folks that lead life groups. Some of them have children. Some of them do not. Some of them are more specific to younger ages and so on and so forth. But be in life groups. You guys can be seated. Other things that we are doing this year, one of the things is focus, we're going to focus on some of our Connect class stuff, our new members class. We start a new members, or we have a new members class on February 23rd. If you are sitting here today and you've never went through one of our Connect classes or our new members class, let me encourage you to be there. You say, well, what does that have to do with anything? We've been doing that for a long time. Here's what it has to do with it. Some of you have been at our church for a really long time and you see somebody that's been beside you for the last six months. They've never joined in membership, and you just need to say, hey, what if you and I, would you go to the Connect class with me? Would you join me and and go? We need to take ownership of saying, these are new people, and we want them to know more. We want them to understand who we are and why we're doing the things that we're doing. Would you help with that? The No class, March 1st. It kicks off at 9.30 in the morning, March 1, 8, 15, and 22. It's a four-week class. Would you be a part of that no class? That no class is going to talk on why we do, what does Bible study look like, how do you have a prayer life, why do we talk about giving and the importance of it, and why is it so vitally important to be in church. Those are all spiritual disciplines that we want to try to help you with, that you can know him in a more better manner. A brand new one that we are, we are kicking off this year is a walk seminar. March 21st is a Saturday. We're going to do a walk seminar. You might go, what is this? So many people have said things about serving. Why do you serve? Why does God give us spiritual gifts? What do we do with those things? How does that happen at Oasis Baptist Church? I want to see everybody at that place. 
Whether you've been here for 10 years or you've been here for 10 minutes, I want you to be there. Why is it at Oasis that we're doing that? Maybe some of you need to sacrifice in the sense of serving at Oasis. God's been tugging upon your heart. Maybe you're newer here. You haven't jumped in in those regards. Children and nursing and cleaning and office support, rescue mission, nursing homes, greeters, ushers, first impressions, and that list goes on and on. But would you serve? Would you be a part of that? The last one before I get to the close of my message this morning is joining us for a missions trip. This year we've been doing missions trips. I guess the last three years we've done a missions trip. Uh, I've been going for, um, I guess, about six years. I've done one to two missions trips myself. The last several we've invited people and we've, we've taken teams. We have two of them this year. One of them is in the Dominican Republic on October 3rd through the 10th. That's just shy of $2,000 for that trip. Then we're doing a missions trip. The teens are not going to teen camp this year. Um, There's been several changes within the camp and the structures that they've been doing. And so they're doing a missions trip in San Francisco. You might go, San Francisco, that's a dirty place. That's all right. Dirty places need people to love on. There's churches in San Francisco that we as a church are friends with. And so we're going with those churches to serve those church communities there in San Francisco. And so we want your children to go, your teenagers to go, but we also want you as adults. We want this to be that. I was asked not long ago if I would be a part of, if I would pray over and consider what it might look like for Oasis Baptist Church to be a part of missions in Malawi, Africa. It's a very remote, there's very remote, unreached regions and people groups inside of this area. And I was asked and I was reached out to, hey, would you at Oasis consider having a a part of, being a part of three or four or five churches that would go and spend specific time and specific resources just to reach the people in Malawi? I don't know what we're doing with that at this point, but I know that that's something that God is just dropped in our laps that we would pray about, we would have an influence in how those churches happen. Listen, all of these things are looking at with walk in Him. Our life groups, our connect class, our no class, our walk seminar, our serving in different capacities, missions, that's all action steps of you and I having a knowledge and an understanding of growing in who God would have us to be. And as we close out this morning... I want to close out with the last two verses. Some of it is the how, but these verses really give us the why. You and I can have an amazing walk in Him because of our eternal inheritance. In verse number 12 it says, Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Our, inter- our eternal inheritance. Before our salvation. Our eternal inheritance. Was. Complete and eternal separation from God. Ephesians 2 says it this way. And you hath he quickened. Who were dead in trespasses and sin. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, 
and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Ephesians 12, 2 and verse 12, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Listen, why? You and I can have an amazing walk with God. We can give our reasonable service and that sacrifice to God. Why? Because I'm no longer the way that I once was. Before we were dead in our sin, we were lost in a wicked world, ran by Satan. That was our God, if you will. It was ourself. It's hopeless. It's pure or impure. It's a lostness. But God qualifies the unqualified. His grace is offered where grace is not deserved. The Bible says we have been offered, given an an eternal inheritance in and through Him. That's an eternal life beyond eternity, but strength and hope for today. Our eternal inheritance. You and I can have an amazing walk in Him because why? Of His deliverance. We've been delivered. That is, we have been rescued. God drew us up out of Satan's hand or Satan's kingdom to himself. God reached down. God pulled us up. God delivered us. God gave us a hope that we never had. God rescued us. He delivered us. It wasn't something that is a gradual thing like, well, God started there and one day we'll be delivered. No, God in an instant pulled us up and quickened us to life. That I don't have to go back anymore. Maybe this morning you need just that. You need deliverance in your life. Not deliverance from addiction or sin or not deliverance because you, uh, you've just, as a believer, you've chosen to do certain things. But you are in a place where you feel hopeless. Your sin is there and you just can't get out of yourself's way, out of your own way. And you just say, God, I need you. I need delivered. I have come to a place. I, I've tried everything else and I've yet to give my life to him. Today would be a day that I need to give my life to him to be delivered. You can have an amazing walk because of our eternal inheritance, because of his deliverance, and because you've been transferred. Transferred is to remove or change. This word is used in scripture elsewhere of removal as king, displacement or conquering of people or land. We've been transferred to the kingdom of his beloved son is what this word says. Therefore, we have a great responsibility of being a part of his kingdom. 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 12, that ye would walk worthy of God who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. Hebrews 12, 28, wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Listen this morning, I, I ask you this. If you have experience the things that I've just talked of. You've experienced an eternal inheritance. You have been delivered. You have seen redemption take place in your life. There's been a transference of all of these things. I would encourage you this morning, and I would ask you this morning, do you live your life with such a responsibility to give back to God that we know that it's not a matter of I just owe Him. I owe Him everything. But I would say, God, here it is. 
I can't give you anything, but all I have is this pile of junk, and, and I'll take it, and I'll give it to you. Because that's all that he wants. He wants this pile of stuff. And I would ask this morning, are we willing to give it back to him? Am I willing to say, God, I don't know what this looks like. I'll be really honest with you. Very, very, very real and transparent with you this morning. There was a time this year that I said this. You can talk to my staff. You can talk to my wife. I said, I'm either going to take on leadership and being the pastor of Oasis Baptist Church with every single ounce that is within me, or I need to step down and allow somebody who will do it to do it. It was a year ago right here that I said, I am unapologetically the pastor of Oasis Baptist Church. I'm quit making excuses. I'm not any longer talking about all the things of how I don't know this and I don't have this degree and I don't do this. And I unapologetically, I stood before you, I apologized. I said, would you forgive me for leading out of fear and insecurity and those things? And throughout this year, as I've studied, as I've read, I've just seeking, seeking the face of God. There was a point in my life where a point of the last several months where I just said, God, I'm either going to do this or I need to let somebody else do this. I would ask you in your life right now out of just my responsibility to God is that he can have all of me. I'm scared to death what it means to say, God, here is everything. Because I don't know the next step of where he's going to take me that I might be very uncomfortable to go. Seven years ago, this was that place. I was willing to say yes, but it scared the tar out of me to stand before you on a weekly basis. I would ask you, would you say, God, I'm willing to go. I'm willing to say yes. And as we look at that this week or this year to walk in him. There's an actionable step of that that is simply just me giving of myself to say, yes, I can serve. Yes, I can. I need a life group or I need somebody to pour into me. Yes, I need this and yes, I need that. But let me ask you this on the flip side of that. Who are you going to? I want to ask you right now. As we come to a close in the service. One of the emphasis in our church this year that we haven't done is a part of this walking in him. We, we've not done a great job of truly evangelizing those that are around us. We do a good job. We'll put on a harvest night, and we'll have several hundred. We had 500 or so people here. We do the, the, har or the Awana in the park thing where it's an outreach. But I'm going to challenge you. Who is the one person in your life right now that you would say, that guy needs the Lord? That lady needs the Lord. That family needs God. And not just that you would say, oh, I know that guy over there, he really needs Jesus. No, I'm saying that you would then begin to pour your life and say, God, I don't know what has to happen for me, but I'm going to spend every day of my life until that person comes to know Christ as Lord and Savior. And you would say, that is my one. Do you realize if every person led one person to the Lord and did what God's word says and disciple that? Do you know the transformation that would take place in our community? Not just at our church. I'm talking the communities in which we live. If 150 people 
each went this year and truly poured their lives into 150 other people. Do you know what that does to the families of our community? Who is that for you? Who is that for you? What about the simple cards that we have? I don't have one of the little ones up here. But we have these grow cards that are out there. We have the little cards that are on your guys' seats that we put in there every single week to try to encourage you. Put it in your pocket, put it in your wallet to take it, to drop it where you go, to do those things. To put it in the chair pocket in front of you that gets crunched down at the bottom. To bend them and fold them and we find them on the floor. What if we took serious the reality that that's a card, that's an invite that we can give to somebody that we would say, God, I don't know what this looks like, but Johnny is our waiter today, and I'm going to give that to Johnny, and I'm going to pray over Johnny this week. That I don't know whose car this is, but I'm going to stick it in their door, and I'm just going to say, God, I just feel like this is what I need to do today, and I'm going to stick it in their door. Will we take responsibility how about the guest that walks through the door? Today we have several guests in here, and thank you so much for being here. But how about you and I that are members of our church? We've been here for a really long time, and we see the guest that comes in, and we see them sitting by themselves, but because we're comfortable, we want to sit with our friend over here. We, we ignore the fact that they're sitting wherever it is that they're sitting, and instead we should go, and maybe I would just say I will sit down beside the new guest that's walk, that just came in, and I will become a friend of them. If they would let you, you can text them later. Maybe you could invite them to a connect class. Hey, I've seen you now three weeks in a row. You know what? Our family would love to go with you to the connect class. Would you come with us? But I'm not a greeter and I'm not a host. That's the point. I don't have to be any of those things to have responsibility that you don't know if that person knows the Lord. You don't know where they're at in their walk, and you don't know where they're at in life, and it just might be that you saying, hey, I noticed that you were new today, and I just wanted to befriend you, is exactly what they needed, which means they'll come back, as opposed to going three and four and five weeks without going to a church, and then going to another church, and then doing the same thing. And now two and three and four years later, they've been in a waste or they've been in Las Vegas for however many years they've been and they've never found a home. Why? Because nobody just reached out and said, hey, I want to love on you. This is what this year is about. Walk in him. And I know today is a little bit longer. Like I said, if it was just my sermon, we'd have been good. But maybe... Just maybe as a, as a member of our church, you would take serious what it is to walk in him. And you would love on others. You would serve in a capacity that you've never done. But you would step out where you feel that God could use you. And you would do that. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. Again, thank you for checking us out online. If you have never been to one of our services, it would be such an honor to have you as one of our guests. 
If you have made any decision today, our staff would love to celebrate with you. Would you please email us at info at oasislv.church.